Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Paul Larson. How are you doing, Paul? And where are you hanging out right now? I am doing I am doing absolutely spectacular. It is almost a I'm loving what I'm doing, and I'm hanging out in my home city of San Francisco, California, in the United States, and loving our loving our spring weather that we've got as we transition into summer. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you, thank oh, you. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you for being here. So, from flipping hamburgers on Main Street to leading <laughs> HR for Wall Street, Paul has continually reinvented his distinctive voice to thrive within the craziness of our ever-chaotic world. As an imposter syndrome survivor, Paul has learned to tame his fake and fraud voice and has successfully coached hundreds of leaders and teams to celebrate their imposter and find their voice of confidence so that they share their inspiration with others. His practical and sometimes laughable life experiences led him to author the award-winning coaching book Find Your Voice as a Leader. Paul's coaching portfolio includes working with the talented global teams and leaders at Twitter, Microsoft, Electronic Arts, SAP and Cisco along with many successful life entrepreneurs looking to make their mark on our world. A certified Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Center coach, a contributing author with Forbes Coaches Council and the founder of the Find Your Voice as a Leader Institute. He offers transformative coaching journeys to find and use your distinctive voice of strength to be your best self to yourself. I think your mission of finding your voice as a leader stands out and is remarkable because it comes from a place of long-lived experience. So I'm very thankful that I can talk to you today, Paul. Oh, thank you so much, Uber. That is, um, when, you're, when you are detailing that my narrative i'm thinking who is that you know it's like imposter syndrome a lives like am i am i that person so it's it's wonderful to hear that and i certainly i i appreciate your insights it definitely comes from my life which means it comes from my heart and so i love what i do and um i live i have lived those experiences of 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 all of that so i look forward to sharing that Absolutely. So I can I can feel that. So it's it's really a pleasure having you here today. So shall we dive in? Absolutely. Let's let's dive. Okay. Let's dive let's, in. <laughs> let's dive in. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Absolutely. Uh, my ideal client is I like to sort of think that I work with everyday leaders. And when I use the term everyday leaders, I think everybody leads every day, no matter what role you're in, no matter what position you're in, no matter what title. So people that are leading every day that want to have and break through to have an extraordinary life. So it's that everyday leader who wants an extraordinary life, 
but may be stuck in the confines or the locked framework of their fixed mindset. So they're stuck in maybe a particular area of their life. It may have to do with career and work. It may have to do with relationships. It may have to do with anything else in general. And they want to break through. They're successful, but they want more. So what I do is is help them find that voice of strength, that voice of confidence, that voice of inspiration to break through from that fixed mindset. So they nest in that growth mindset. They nest outside of that comfort zone and they try some new things. So they actually work towards that extraordinary life that they want to have. Mm, Wonderful. So, and what are common mistakes, you know, these folks make when trying to solve that problem? Absolutely. Um, The mistakes. Oh, mistakes. I've made a few as I think, I don't know if there's a song like that, but I've made every single mistake there is. And I continue to do that. And, um, the reason I, I say that is because I think life is a series of uh, is a journey, and we will have some some wonderful learnings along the way. One of the common mistakes is people thinking that they are stuck, and that's just where they're at. That maybe if they become more confident, or they need to become um, they need to they need to become more of something. When in fact, it's sometimes not more of something they need. We actually need to kind of shift up here and shift right here, or excuse me, right here. I'm not very good at biology, but where the heart is, we need to sort of shift that and actually reframe our thinking. It's sort of like, um, I don't know if you've ever had the encounter where somebody, two people come together and they're they're trying to understand each other. So they talk louder because they think that's going to make someone understand somebody better. <laughs> we don't need to do more of that. We need to help people change their thinking, reframe their thinking, pivot their thinking, and finesse their thinking in order to get the results they need. And that's the biggest mistake I see is people doing more of something If I just do more of this, if I dig a bigger hole somewhere down there, I'm going to find the pot of gold where maybe they don't need to work that hard because the pot of gold is right over there, but they're just focused right here. Right. No, that's that's so true. And, uh, you know, the answer to, uh, you know, um, the song is uh, The Winner Takes It All from ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite groups, by the way. I, uh, you know, ABBA's on my playlist all the time. And The Winner Takes It All. And, and it, it takes it all. And, and so how do you get it all, right? And to borrow another ABBA playlist item, um, take a chance on me. Right. And in other words, oh, we could we could go on for days about ABBA and make it all about, you know, how, how we coach. Oh, I love this idea. Oh, I love <laughs> this idea. Like maybe I could coach with ABBA songs. But seriously, <laughs> you know, I love it. You just give it. You've just given me something to think, really have some fun with. But if you think about take a chance on me, mm. people don't take a chance on themselves. They're more than willing to take a risk with somebody else. They're more than willing to even listen to what other people might be saying about what they should do, about what they're doing. But sometimes they just need to take a chance on me, you know, meaning we need to take a chance on ourselves. And that's where imposter syndrome comes in. And because we can feel sometimes in today's world, everything is comparison. We're all comparing all the time. 
how about just taking a step back, understanding that if you think that you are a fake or a fraud, which is one of the one of the one of the symptoms of imposter syndrome, that's a good thing. I celebrate that because that means you are doing something new. You are doing something different. You are in the company of many successful people that have imposter syndrome through their whole life. That is a great thing. But again, we retrench and we get stuck in that and we just need to kind of pivot that thinking. And it, you know, I, I, I understand in today's world, we like to overcome things, right? Overcome adversity, overcome this. We have to, no pain, no gain. It's just, it tires me out to just think about all that friction. That's why I like to say, I celebrate it. Let's have a party, celebrate imposter syndrome, make it work for you. Make those feelings work for you with just some reframing and just a slight finesse. And I've done it myself. I do it myself all the time as a coach, as a leader, as just a human. Um, and that's what I love to do. That's what I love to help people with. No, this is wonderful. This is so, so true. And so before I ask Paul, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Paul, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that might help with that issue? Yeah, that's a great, you know, the, 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 the beauty of everything is, is it all starts up here in our mind and it's all free up here. We don't have to buy programs. We don't have to buy services. We don't have to buy a book, although that's, it's, it's wonderful to, to, to educate ourselves. Right. But one of the first, one of the first things I do is, is help people through a very simple step process to say, okay, when you feel something, When you feel like in, in case of imposter syndrome, which happens frequently, if you're beginning to feel like I don't belong here with all these smart people or all these good looking people or all these people that seem to know a lot, or I, I feel like I'm a fake. I really don't know what I'm doing in this job. And one of these days they're going to find out, or I feel like a fraud, you know, I'm wearing a mask and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling one over on all these people. When you feel that immediately stop what you're doing. Stop exact, stop exact, stop what you're doing for just a moment. Take a breath. So it's stop, take a breath, thank those feelings. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, you know, beat yourself up over those feelings, which we tend to do again, take a chance on me. I love this. Take a chance on me <laughs> and say, thank you, imposter, for, for allowing me to feel this. Thank you, imposter, because this means I'm stepping out of my comfort zone if I'm feeling this. Thank you, imposter, for going forward. And I've got it from here. So in other words, what you're doing in that sort of three steps is you're stopping, you're recognizing what's happening, you're showing gratitude, and then you move on and you continue on. What most people do is they don't respond like that. They react. And when we react, we get all the reaction, the emotion. If we take just a moment and do that four-step response, we take control. We empower ourselves. We take a chance on me to say, I've got this. Thank you, imposter. And I'm going to move on. I do it myself because I live it. And even though, as, as you mentioned in my, in my narrative or my bio, I, I've had incredible successes and I love my life and I love, I love everything, but I still have 
I still have feelings of imposter syndrome. And I still feel sometimes like, hmm. And what I do is I do that four-step response versus the reaction. Because the reaction will keep us, the reaction will keep us in that hole. It will keep us stuck. Wow, wonderful. So thank you for this uh, helpful and valuable four-step sequence here. And um, adding to value, so what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that uh, might help with that issue or with, with uh, something similar? Stock. Da -da -da, da -da -da -da. Celebrate! Okay! <laughs> right here, my book. Find yes. Your Voice as a Leader. I am going to send you the link that you can give to your audience and put it in the show notes or whatever whatever works for you. And they can get a, a complimentary digital um, copy of my book to, to read oh. on their Kindle, to read on their Apple, to read any way, shape or form. Because my book goes through how to find your voice with your values, your outcomes, your influence, your courage and your expression, V-O-I-C-E. So my book is, is full of case studies. It's full of kind of journaling and questions. It's full of like some, some, some what I like to say, worthwhile content to really like help you discover your voice, your inner voice that will help guide you and help you with your four-step response. So my book, I, I love, you know, that would be the, that's the, the I'm not going to say that's the best resource, But for, for your question, that's the one resource I'm going to absolutely gift. Thank you so much. This is wonderful having this uh, resource and this book. And uh, yeah, I will, of course, we will put the, the link in the show description so people can uh, get hold of it. Thank you for that, Paul. Sure. So um, what's the one question I should have asked you that will be of great value to our audience? Oh, um, What have I learned? I love this question that I ask. I ask this of my clients and, my, and I, I ask it of a lot of folks. What have I learned or what did I learn that I carry with me today from my very first job? Mm. My very, very first job. Um, unlike a lot, probably um, um, unlike yourself and unlike a lot of your audience, I'm, I'm approaching a certain age. I'm probably older and, and I, I'm, I'm young at heart. You know, I love to say that. I've got that young energy. But I go back to my very first job. My very first job was working at a restaurant here in the United States called Jack in the Box. And I use the term restaurant, shall we say, it's, um, it's their, what we call fast food. So when I was 14 and a half, jumped into right into Jack in the Box, which they had the clown as their, as their motto. I was a failure at everything in that, in, that, in that establishment. I couldn't fry. I couldn't grill. I couldn't make change. I couldn't clean. I couldn't cut. I couldn't sweep. Literally, I did not have either the discipline or the skills in that time to integrate together to do a lot of things. Yet I was very proud to work in that restaurant. I was very proud to have my very, very first job. The manager, and this is what I've learned, the manager of this fast food restaurant saw this kid who was trying all over the place and was actually a disaster in terms of making everything a mess, but he was trying. He had a dedication, he had an energy, and he had enthusiasm. She actually saw something in him where she pulled a box out of her office and she says, would you be willing to put this on? And what she meant by this was the costume of the clown. She says, nobody here 
wants to be a clown. Because no, what kid wants to put on a clown costume and be a clown? I looked at that clown costume and that's when I first saw the respect and trust that a manager, somebody in a leadership position at a fast food restaurant, she was probably all of 22, right? Um, She gave to me, she gave me the respect. She gave me the trust that I could do a job. And she gave me something back that I was not getting there. And, And I've learned that for myself as a leader, and I learned that with 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 and I and I help to um, have other leaders and managers I work with see that you never know what somebody might be good at. But if you can find that one spark in them, you can change their whole outlook. And that's what she did. That was back. That was back in 1977. And so she was able to do that with me. And I just to this to this to this day, I hold that very dear. Mm. That's a powerful learning experience, you know, life le- lifelong experience, you know, that you just shared. So wonderful. Thank you, Paul. Sure. So this brings me to my last question, and this is my favorite one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? <laughs> you know, when I saw that question, um, I thought, what a brilliant question. And... Um, It sparks a lot of uh, it sparks a lot of different feelings for me. Um, we never know what life is going to offer us. And if you had, you know, I, I will I will tell you if you had said at where I'm at right now with at in, in life and at my age and kind of timeline that I would sort of be alone from my family because they've since have transitioned and that would be my mother and my brother and my sister and my, my, and my father. Yeah. I would have said, wow, I don't know about that. I don't know if I could handle that. Of course we can't, you know, we can handle that. So it takes me to my sister, the goosebumps. And I have a lovely, my, my sister had a, has, has created and co-created a lovely, lovely family of seven children, just brilliant, brilliant children. And on her very last Christmas, and this is probably the most goosebumpy I've had, um, on her very last Christmas, when she knew her transition was coming because of her illness, we weren't we weren't quite sure, you know, about that, but she knew. She planned a Christmas holiday with all the children, all of their families, and they all have several children. So it was about 30, 35, 38 people in, in all of us. But she did something that stuck with me and gives me goosebumps to this day. She was a wonderful grandma to her grandchildren. Uh, young grandma, I'd like to say, because she was, she was relatively very, very young um, when, she, when she passed. And she used to read books to her children, to her grandchildren, you know, the, the, the books at bedtime, right? During that Christmas, she churned that around and she had the grandchildren read to her. So she gave up the part where I want to do something for them. And she allowed the grandchildren to read to her. So their lasting memory of, of Grandma Liz will be that I got to read Grandma Liz a book. I got to serve Grandma Liz. I, to this day, um, that gives me goosebumps because as soon as I saw your question, Uh, there's no there it, it, it gave me goosebumps just to think of that to think of 
how she served others. And my sister was a big, you know, in that way. But to think about the lasting memory and legacy that she was leaving with her family. And that's what she, um, and that's what I love to do with folks, including myself, is what's your legacy? What is your imprint you're leaving on this world with the people that matter to you? And that's what she was doing. And just that one little, that one little finesse where she normally would open the book and read it. She says, no, you read it to Grammy. And that's what they remember. And that to me was like, you want to talk goosebumps? That that um, gives me goosebumps, you know, obviously even, even now. And it carries me, carries me from a spirit, carries me from a graciousness, a generosity, a gratefulness, which I look at everything in my life. And that's what I love to bring to myself and to, to, to the world. Mm. Powerful, aren't they? Goosebumps, right? These moments, they are so true. And, uh, you know, the moment you started, I knew something really powerful was coming up because I already felt it and I'm still having the shivers here. So this is a wonderful reminder how powerful our memories can be, how powerful, you know, the connections we shared with our loved ones and still continue to yeah, gain energy and gain, you know, fill our intentions in our daily life and work. So thank you for sharing this wonderful, beautiful goosebumps moment from the past, Paul. And thank you well, for our, yeah. Thank you for, 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 thank you for opening that for me. Thank you for allowing me and enabling me to serve myself and your audience in that way, as well as you, I, it's been an honor, but thank you because you opened that for me to live again. And again, the richness of that, to your point, that makes up the tapestry of who we are. You just, you allowed that. So thank you as well. well thank you, Paul. And thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate very much the knowledge and insights. Of course, the goosebump moment you shared with us today. Oh, it was an honor. Absolutely. The honor is mine. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.